Everybody, welcome to the Tag You're It podcast as I pour my coffee here because it is 8.30 in the morning and we haven't been um, live this early ever. So welcome. I am Ray Ray. This is the Tag You're It podcast and we have who on the line? I'm Dave. Yes. Dave Van Beber. Join Adam and he has been the main guy here. For quite some time, only video is of Adam because I am uh, be staying away from my uh, uh, brother in Christ who I love. Oh, dude, I love how you have the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network mug. By the way, I got that back there. I put a couple of things in the background since I changed the uh, camera angle anyway for um, you know what we what we're doing anyway with all the phone calls. Pastor and has a cross on it. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, this is the this is the early episode. So on a Monday night, you know, Dave had to do a lot of oversight and um, dealing and shepherding, and so uh, Dave, you weren't on the show, and um, we wanted to uh, do something with Dave this week, um, and we have a special announcement. This is our special announcement, special show um, that we've been uh, talking about, and and we want to give that announcement. So Dave, since you're the one that sort of had all the yeah. emails and most of the conversation. How about you have the honor of yeah. telling them what's coming up? Well, let me first say this, Adam. I want to thank you for understanding the situation that I am in as a pastor at this time. I want to thank you for praying for your pastor and for being an encouragement to me. Obviously, my main priority is to do what God has called me to do, and that is to be pastor at First Baptist Buffalo. And you've been so gracious in uh, just allowing me to continue to do some work with you in this, and uh, so thank you for that. Um, just a blessing. I probably don't get to articulate that to you in the same way uh, when we're talking as I do when we get to be on the podcast, so thank you so much, Adam, for oh. being so gracious to understand, uh, and we know that in the next few months, it you know my priorities are going to have to be 100% on the church, and so, you know, um, the opportunities for us to get together, you know, could very well change. Um, yeah. We don't know what the future holds, but I'm just so grateful for you to be such a, a great, uh, great co-host, gracious uh, host, because you're the main guy, uh, certainly when I'm not in the, in the screen. And so just thank you for that. Well, I'm just uh, thankful that, you know, we have the uh, Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network, that we've made connections, um, that uh, we can branch out and uh, give other people a platform, you know, of what they really um you know what what their you know specific heart is um and people that they want to reach um with the same gospel but speaking that in so you know you know i just want to say thank you to uh tristan and christian on monday night um you know i i called tim carter i called uh josh jenkins again he's not on the network but he, you know he's a he was a a pastor here in town that we had on the show um, about uh, HB 2285. Um, there's a lot of people that we've been able to make connections with um, that we can definitely trust to come on the show and talk about. So it's really awesome to now become sort of an entity where um, we can 
tag even wider um, than just you and me. So, you know, God is yeah. gracious. God has given us a good community of people to be around that are willing um, and ready to uh, do stuff like this. So it's amazing. Yeah. And we'll continue tag and everything. Um, and, you know, it's like Dave's not going anywhere. It's just there's been a lot of stuff. And so, you know, I hope that uh, you guys out there have seen um, and know that your pastor is actually probably working harder, um, even though you can't get together. <laughs> there, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot more going on um, behind the scenes. And so, uh, you know, love your pastors, appreciate your pastors and um, serve your pastors um, while they're going through the time. You know, they had to switch gears and we don't like to switch gears. So how much more is it harder to switch gears when you've got a shepherd um, people and oversee things going on? So well, Adam, I appreciate again, you uh, being so, so gracious with me and, and knowing that even, uh, you know, going forward from here, what things look like um, are going to obviously be adjusted for everyone. But uh, let me tell you of an unexpected positive, we get a lot of unexpected negatives in life, and I did not plan on on actually doing this show um, this week. We did not sit down uh, a month ago and say, hey, I've got a great idea. On April 9th, let's talk at 8.30 in the morning, and let's uh, record a podcast. That was not in the plans yeah. uh, by any means. Uh, and that is what was really interesting. Uh, out of nowhere, it seemed about... Two uh, about three weeks ago, I think right before anything big occurred with the COVID-19 virus, I get a message from um, Adam Tucker, who works with Dr. Richard Howe at Southern Evangelical Seminary. And um, what Mr. Tucker, Adam Tucker, uh, who is the, um, he works as the recruiting and admissions director at Southern Evangelical Seminary, and his mentor is Dr. Richard Howe, who's been on our program. Um, Mr. Tucker invites me and Adam to participate in a uh, basically an informal debate um, dialogue with he and Richard Howe. And so if you are not familiar with who Richard Howe is, he is Professor Emeritus of Philosophy and Apologetics at Southern Evangelical Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he still teaches there part-time. Uh, he's also a former president of the International Society of Christian Apologetics. He's authored several books, uh, even co-authored a book with the late Norman Guy. How has debated people like Mike Lycona, people like uh, Scott Oliphant and Ken Ham, mm -hmm. as well as an uh, uh, individual that you and I uh, certainly have great respect for. Not that we don't have certainly great respect for uh, Dr. Oliphant, but uh, Jason Lyle, who you know both you and I have uh, learned a great deal from as well. Yeah. Um, he has debated those individuals, and we were invited to engage him in a uh, informal in meaning that we won't have a moderator in the debate and that we won't have time limits, but we're going to basically have an open uh, debate uh, discussion with uh, one of the foremost apologists in, I would contend, one of the foremost apologists in the world. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things, guys, if, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about um, Richard, and he was actually on our show last year um, whenever we were going through the whole uh, Christian mysticism thing. So we had him on the show. So if you guys, uh, you know, you guys have time and uh, you want to get to know him and his heart 
in that, you know, we, you know, he, he came on our show and we talked about that with him. So you can go back in our backlog, look for Christian mysticism and Dr. Richard Howe or Howe. Um, and uh, listen to that episode too, and those series of episodes because that's still uh, prevalent, <laughs> that <was laughs> especially during this time. Yeah, we had him on in 2018, Adam. <laughs> wow, that's the, the three years has blown by. And speaking of years, let's just get it out there. This is Dave's birthday, <laughs> so happy birthday, Dave! Um, anybody that wants to send a word of encouragement to him um, via the birthday type things you know go ahead and flood him with happy birthdays and prayers yeah thank you um so i just want to say like what a incredible honor it is mm. the fact adam you know i were talking about this before we went live here is someone who has debated scholars who we have learned from mm-hmm. and we didn't reach out to him in fact if we reached out to him it would be a different thing they reached out to us. Yeah. That means that, again, we didn't invite this thing on. Um, God saw in his providence an opportunity for us to have this kind of discussion. And, of course, there'll be a lot of preparation on my side. Um, we still have a lot to do. Um, I think my plan is to be in the studio with you on the 27th, which will be a Monday night. And the program will be Monday night. April 27th at 7 p.m. They're actually going to host the dialogue from the Southern Evangelical mm-hmm. Seminary's Facebook page. We'll be able to live feed from that, and we'll prob- I think we'll go live basically in our regular way, too. I, I, yeah, I'll be, I don't know if as far as my understanding right now, yeah. With the, so, yeah, the plans and the official times and all that stuff and places, anyway, that's still upcoming, and we'll let you guys know um, all the specifics once we get them in but yeah we're talking with adam tucker right now uh, talking about the technical end but we'll be doing it via zoom so you guys probably have become familiar with zoom during this time Um, so we'll be doing that they'll shoot it out um, they'll host it and um, we will end up you know linking everything and making sure every all the links are there um, for this discussion on april 27th so this is coming up Pretty darn quick, um, but yeah. you know the cool thing is is uh, this discussion that uh, we're going to have um, has been had already, which is one of those things. That's why it's like you know you've had this discussion because um, there's a YouTube video out there called Apologetic Systems with Dr. K. Scott Oliphant, Dr. Jason Lyle, and Dr. Richard Howe, um, and so they they'd basically written a book in a journal or they written in a journal and they had their positions together. Um, um, and it was in the context of young earth creationism. Um, but still there's the same principles there that they discussed. And, uh, so that he's already had this conversation in a way, um, again with Scott Oliphant, which is, you know, here's the book right here, you know, like, who am I? (laughs) <laughs> whenever yeah. he had scott oliphant and uh and then jason lyle too you know we, we we used utilized his uh book the ultimate proof of creation to discuss the aip test um and a pre-sup what's up episode um so he, he's already talked to these two guys you know and so it's to me it's like whenever i got that you know i was like my jaw dropped like we got asked to do this for one and then i just went like who are we whenever i have watched the video of uh you with uh, Scott Oliphant and Jason Lyle. So it's like, it's cool. Um, but the, the sort of where they were focused in on 
creationism we're more focusing on um the inerrancy debate and so they got a hold of you because adam tucker if i read the uh, email correctly was like you know we come to the same conclusions on inerrancy but i don't think that you can get there that way (laughs) yes yeah so the uh debate slash dialogue with dr richard howe and mr adam tucker is going to be based upon the idea uh and again there's not a formal um resolution or proposition but the idea is which apologetic system gets you to inerrancy most effectively and that would be kind of the question that i think that we would be dealing with and they're going to contend for classical apologetics and will attend uh contend for presuppositional excuse me how yeah. about covenantal, covenantal. Apologetics? Yeah, there we go. So this this is where the Scott Oliphant comes in. Again, and it's not to again, degrade. completely unplanned, completely was not on our radar to ever have, I mean, uh, anything like this. And I don't uh, say that, you know, in a, um, in a light way. Like, I, this is not something that I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and I think we would, you know... Uh, a, a real neat invitation, though, um, from someone who uh, we both admire and respect as as a as a uh, Christian and as an apologist, and um, certainly uh, we're grateful to both of us uh, as part of the International Society of Christian Apologetics. Both of us are excited for mm-hmm. the opportunity to yeah um, to talk about the doctrine of inerrancy. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, in the same way, um, if you watch that video, just talking about. Um, so this isn't going to be a debate, um, as far as like what you're normally seeing in a way we want to bring it more of a discussional. Um, I like more of a converse conversation, more of a relational approach to this. And so, you know, it won't be that, um, official, um, you know, opening statements, rebuttals, cross-examination, it'll kind of be a meld. It'll be, we'll try to keep it controlled. We'll try to, and I'm sure we won't have any issues you know moderator you know there won't be a moderator here and anything but i'm sure there won't be any issues um that will require moderation but you know we're wanting to keep it to where um you know it just doesn't stick in academic academic land um for something to be possible to be the best methodology to inerrancy to creationism to the atonement to all that it you know you can get scholarly and we need to get scholarly. We need to uh, rightfully divide the word and we need to have the sharpest tools to do that. Um, But at the end of the day though, this is going to reach down hopefully to everyone so that when they're on the street, we can talk about, you know, why do we believe God's word? Why um, do we believe in like, you know, Dave and I, why do we believe in limited atonement? Um, stuff like that. And it's got to be in everyday speech so that um, people can understand, understanding that people suppress the truth at the same time. And they're going to be like, well, no matter what you say, you're condescending. So, (laughs) so, you know, but we want to make sure that this discussion, um, doesn't stay too far above the heads of people. And so, um, again, Mm. discussion, not necessarily debate, but you know, there will be back and forth. Um, I think we'll definitely get it to where we have clearly defined um, outlines of what both sides are on this issue. Um, but, but yeah, just like this, uh, video, this is kind of where, what I would like to see, um, the discussion to be like. 
Yeah, so um, go ahead and play some of this, and let's kind of unpack it, if that's all right. Yeah, so what we wanted to do today for the special show anyway, since this is our special announcement, this is what we're going to do. We would like to take that video um, and introduce you. So you you can go back and listen to um, Richard Howe on Christian mysticism, but let's introduce you to his apologetic, um, you know, this again, the general idea is creationism. All three of them are creationists um young earth creationists um it is that you know how do you get there sort of issue at at hand um in this so that's the general thing but again the principles are there so let's introduce you to richard howe and what he has to say on the matter and we'll sort of comment go back and forth on that let me just uh remind some of you if you've already familiar with with our views our respective views or what some of my commitments are because some of the criticisms that I might make about presuppositionalism might be mistakenly taken as criticisms of young earth. But I would consider myself a young earth creationist, but with uh, two caveats. I'm not a scientist, first of all. Hey, Adam, all right, so wanna, yeah. Yes, sir. I want to jump in right there because mm-hmm. I think that that's a good point to be sure to designate. Um, we certainly agree with Dr. Howe um, and his conclusion about um, young earth creationism. I mean, I'm, I'm a young earther, um, certainly, uh, and I'm glad to defend such a position. And, um, but here's where the key piece is. Um, for a presuppositionalist, you start with scripture, and it's not that you reason to a young earth. Yeah. That's where things get different. See, they're going to use classical apologetics to reason to a young earth and that's not what the christian presuppositionalist does or the the christian covenantal uh apologist does is we start there and we interpret everything based upon that standard and that's Mm. where there's a massive difference between what and again a, a great chasm of difference between um a great chasm of difference between dr howe and you and i yeah, yeah. And but the you know, here's here's the thing. This is gonna be the context of our discussion is he's an inerrantist. He's a part of the uh international yeah. society and we are too, and we had to sign a document um saying that and that was one of the points. We believe the same thing about what scripture is as Richard Howe, but it's how we get there is what yeah. we are discussing, and that's what he's gonna sort of talk about here. And I'm not a Bible scholar, to which people might say, Well then why are you here? Since uh, the two most relevant disciplines to that discussion, you don't know anything about. Uh, well, I'm a philosopher and an, and an apologist. And so, I'm, though I'm not here to defend young earth creationism, although I'm happy to tell you why I am a young earth creationist, and I'm actually a more resolved young earth creationist now than I was at 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, uh, instead, what I want to argue against is the viability of presuppositionalism as an apologetic method. Now, if you're not sure why in the world are we talking about these two things, it's like asking somebody, well, do you drive to work or do you carry your lunch? You know, it's like, well, Disagree. what do you Yeah, and there's definitely a false dichotomy there. Um, you know, what we're talking about um, really is where is the ultimate standard? So, you know, do you get to come up and question God? Um, and against his word or creation, um, do you get to say, in the scriptures, do you see God making Adam, let's say, and then asking Adam, will you believe in me, please? 
and here's this, here's this, and this, or is it presupposed in Scripture when Adam was created, he had innate knowledge of the God who created him, and not only innate knowledge, but also spoken, revel- revealed knowledge as well. Um, that's, that's the difference between the approaches here, is because either you start with the person's mind, like Eve, Mm-hmm. And then they reason the way that their nature is going to lead them, which if you are fallen, um, if God does not intervene and regenerate you, um, then you're going to drive that car in autonomy or you get that chain broken and you realize, and I think, you know, this is where, you know, we got to continue in John three um, in the conversation where the ones that that love darkness don't come to the light for fear of being exposed, but the ones that come to the light recognize all the work is done in God. Mm. That's what we're talking about. And so even though we might start with, um, even though we might start with what they call in this outside principles, we recognize that after getting into the scriptures, we recognize if we are regenerate Holy spirit indwelt people, we find out that the right principles had been the right principles eternally. And we have been the one to repent to that and then we go out and tell people about that so that's 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 what it is so even though we start off in fallen nature reading scripture we get corrected by it because it's god's word and it's written by the holy spirit the same spirit that dwells within us that his spirit connects with our spirit and corrects us right and then we find out that say you know and this is this is where he's going to call call it a fallacy where i go the reason why you believe the ontological, teleological, cosmological argument is because you are already a Christian. Yes. So no, duh. But what does that say about the person that doesn't believe you whenever you give them all the facts about those arguments um, and they still don't believe? What is the difference between you and him? The difference scripturally is that they're not regenerate. They they can't spiritually discern these things. They're fallen mm-hmm. and they have not heard Christ's voice and come to him and not been cast out with the promise of being raised on the last day. Yeah, right on. Um, one of the things that I would say to Adam is that Dr. Howe is going to, uh, not so much in this debate as he does with his debate with Ken Ham, he jumps on Ken Ham, and I'm certain we'll kind of face the same type of pushback when we say that man's uh, autonomous will uh, becomes a key factor. Uh, and we would say that man doesn't have uh, an autonomous free will, um, certainly, and man's autonomous human mind and human uh, autonomous reason is not what drives someone to making a decision. It is um, God's spirit uh, giving man wisdom and insight because all wisdom and knowledge is found in Christ Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so if you start from that foundational position, when you look at what scripture says, you realize that even your understanding of that very truth doesn't come from you. And so, again, what he'll even do when he talks about the process of hermeneutics, and again, hermeneutics is just understanding scripture, how you understand scripture, he'll say, well, how do you know that you're understanding scripture right? And the reality is, I don't unless God's spirit tells me, unless God's spirit guides me in all truth, because Jesus made it really clear in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit was going to guide us in all truth. And so, um, that is enough for me. That is sufficient for me. And so, 
is not even so much, again, we agree with inerrancy, but where we uh, find all types of outside, what I would say, outside positions. I don't even say worldviews, because again, I do believe that Dr. Howe comes uh, from a Christian worldview the same as we do, uh, and Mr. Tucker as well. Um, and he's kind of the wild card in this, because Mr. Tucker doesn't have any public debates or public dialogues that we've been able to track down as of yet. But when it comes to um, the system by which we understand reality, we come from the same position, it's just what guides that system. Yeah. And for the for the covenantal uh for the covenantal apologist what guides that system is not our great mind our great senses it is the holy spirit guiding our mind and guiding our senses and that's where we start yeah yeah so that's yeah the big the big distinction and call it covenantal apologetics (laughs) versus just simply general presuppositional apologetics which scott says in his book you know has died the uh you know since van till and Gordon Clark and Schaefer and all those guys back in the day has now died the death of many qualifications. <laughs> so, yes. you know, so that's why he, uh, pre, you know, he, uh, pursues this change in terminology uh you know when it comes to van till's apologetic um calling it covenantal apologetic because it is um for definitional sake uh, apologetics is the vindication of the christian philosophy of life over against the non-believing philosophies of life. So everybody has a philosophy. Everybody has presuppositions. Everybody has, as Greg Bonson says, a network of presuppositions for, that are unscientifically proven and which they are moving out of. So um, if you don't have the triune God and his revelation, um, then you are now a irrational rationalist. You start with an irrational ideal. And this is where Van Til was. Um, you know what he was speaking into at the time um he was speaking into the idea to idealism and showing that um you have to start with a an irrational position say morals objective morals exist to then prove that objective morals exist but then objective morality is not a ultimate standard so you've got to justify that if you're a materialist you can't justify that claim you know and so that that that's sort of the 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 process there, I guess, to get to why covenantal apologetics. But let's uh, move on with the uh, video. Does young earth creationism and presuppositionalism have to do with each other? And I think, uh, uh, at least in some of the literature and some of the people I've heard speak on this, they are arguing for some type of intimate correlation between the apologetic method of presuppositionalism and the conclusion of young earth. And I'm going to try to argue against that. And my ulterior motive is that I think that a, a more uh, traditional classical approach in apologetics will actually strengthen the young earth position. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things, like we just said, it'll strengthen the young earth position because you are a young earther. You already have that in the back of your mind. You already read the scriptures as infallible. You already have that presupposition, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so why does it strengthen? You know, it's like, why can I go into a church and I can give them the Kalam cosmological argument? And they're like, <gasps> Yes, you need a beginning. Where is the beginning? Science doesn't give you a beginning. They're they're waffling. You there's some people that want static universe. There's other other people that say that there's a starting point in the Big Bang and stuff like that. And you know, I say that the Big Bang, you know, God spoke and the Big Bang happened and and all that kind of stuff, you know. And then you go out into the street and you go, Well, you know, why does you know there again, there there's static universe and then you know, why does it have to be that way? Why is that, you know, and did we see Paul speak like that? 
Did we see Peter speak like that? Did we, you know, so we have then brought, made an outside idea of how we're supposed to do apologetics. And are we, again, this is where I say, do we give people the um, irreducible complexity of the eye and then, oh, I found God? Or do we give people the gospel? Which yeah, one are you going to give people? Yeah, and I would say that, you know, again, I would certainly say that if we believe that all wisdom and knowledge is found in Christ Jesus, that would certainly assert from a simple reading that there is no wisdom and knowledge in a true sense outside of Christ Jesus, and therefore you might have access to knowledge, but you don't know how it works. Again, I can drive my car, but I don't know exactly how to operate the or how the um, great motor operates, how the uh, gas combustion engine functionally um, works. Uh, does that mean that I'm foolish? Well, it means that I'm ignorant of things that I have depended upon, and I can't account for why they work. And that would be the way that I would tell you if you say, oh, I'm a young earth creationist. Great. That's good. I'm grateful for that. Why are you that way? You'd say, well, because I looked at all the evidence. How do you know that your mind, again, functionally allows you to assess that evidence correctly? Um, and I would tell you, ultimately, you're going to, even Dr. Howe is going to have to, at one point, he's going to do the same thing that Phil did. And I'm sure that Mr. Tucker will do the same thing. And they're solid, really intelligent guys. And I'm really honored to get to deal, to, to engage them. But they're going to come to a point where you're going to say, well, the ultimate authority is my mind. Well, how do you mm -hmm. know? Well. Um, it says in scripture and he does that yeah. um, he does that in these debates and again I would say that uh, there, you're going to come to a point where you have an ultimate authority yeah. what is that ultimate authority and he's going to come back to scripture and demonstrate that that our position is is the only viable position yeah and the, um, and the thing is you know a lot of people say well there is no authority and stuff like it's like no either you are you have an outside authority or you are the authority. That's the problem. That's what we're yeah. trying to say. You are believing yourself or you're believing another. Now, what if you're believing another, then why do you believe the other? You know? So, yeah. And then what in your basic foundational presuppositions you're operating of what out of, what does that mean? And then you're going to end up showing them that they are being inconsistent because they're either still trusting themselves, <laughs> you know, if they don't like right. the other authority. Um, so there is authority. There has to be authority. That's right. Um, especially whenever we're talking about binding the conscience of um, particulars, you have to have a universal. Um, and again, as Van Til has uh, put in his uh, studies and his books, that is the triune God of Scripture. So uh, we'll, we'll see. So, um, Go for it. No, go for it, brother. Go okay, for it. That's good. Yeah, it makes me a classical. I'll just let you know I put it up on uh, 1.5 speed here. Apologist. Among other things, that means I believe in the viability of natural theology and uh, the primacy of theism in apologetic method. Those things can be explored, and so you know, maybe we can pursue them in the Q&A, perhaps, if somebody wants to, but I won't bore you with, with uh, unpacking those. In fact, what is even more, I would add to this that my classical apologetics... So I want to stop real quick there, because the primary of theism and apologetics. So yeah. uh, what you have that is a similar idea. Uh, that all uh, natural um, natural theology um, individuals, classical apologetics methodology is going to go to, and that is proving the existence of God. You have to start with the primacy of 
of of God in apologetics, right? And yeah. so it is. I'm going to prove that God exists. Yeah. And I would tell you that to me runs in contradiction to the way that Scripture deals with um, how we engage lost people. Yeah. Um, it would run contrary to my understanding of a clear reading and simple reading of Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 21. It would run in contradiction to a simple reading of Romans chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Um, not to mention, as well, uh, Rome, uh, Acts 17. Yes, yes. So, if you're interested in that, then you need therapy, basically. Uh, so... <laughs> So I'm not going to I'm not going to go into that, but in effect, it is just that I comport with the classical realism of Thomas Aquinas in the vein of uh, Aristotelian uh, philosophy, with the uh, important innovations that Aquinas. And just to let you know, Aristotelian philosophy, um, this is still uh, on the other side of the Tiber River. All right. Yeah. Um, yes. Well said. This is people that believe in the general goodness of man. So again, why why the difference? Well, theologically informed. No one is good but God. That's right. Right? That's what the scripture says. So are we going to then, if you're going to call yourself a Christian and say that you've went to the infallibility of the text and then run against the way the text describes people, <laughs> you know, that shows you you are irrational. And so this is why we can't utilize this position as Christians because um, when it comes to Aristotle, he believed in like a blank slate idea. Um, he believed that people were generally good, um, that we have the ability to be good. And so this is where you have that really, yeah, Calvinism, Arminianism debate kind of a thing, you know? Um, mm. so there is two separate theological positions also in this discussion as well. And so that's going to come across big time. So this is why I'm not Aristotelian. <laughs> this is why I get my philosophy from Scripture, not Aristotle. Now, there might be things that we can read in Aristotle's works and go, he articulated that well, and what does it comport with? If it comports with Scripture, here's where Aristotle is right, here's where Aristotle is wrong. Because we have Scripture, we can actually do that. Same thing whenever we look at Martin Luther and go, here's where he was right, and here's where he was actually wrong here's where um you know he was a mean dude and all that kind of stuff you know a lot of people come at me like you're celebrating martin luther and he was a horrible guy that people utilized his uh, teachings to kill the jews and it's like well if he taught something that's contrary to scripture well no doubt that it ended up doing something or being twisted or being taken to um be propaganda to get people to kill jews right um, but you know, I have a standard by which to judge where Martin Luther's right and where he's wrong. I have a standard to judge where, you know, cause I'm a Baptist. So I have a standard to judge if Calvin was right or wrong on pedo baptism. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, this is sort of, there's an unconscious suppression of what you need, the tool, the big thing that you need, which is scripture alone, um, to guide the conversation. Mm, right on Adam. I couldn't have said it better gestured yeah. then I am my concern is basically the presuppositionalism that is becoming more and more dominant within young earth creationism so my concern stems from the fact that I am young earth and I comport with the conclusions of young earth creationism but let me give you uh, an example of hmm. what I think there's a, there's an problem. issue right there the yeah. conclusions of young earth creationism 
there is no conclusions. That's the starting point. That's backwards. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the backward way of putting it. Yeah. We so, so yeah. That. So what he's missed is the fact that presuppositionalism is indirect. So we go, you recognize this, but it can only comport with this back here. We're not saying yeah. <clears throat> we, we start the, we, we start here and reverse engineer back to it. No, we start from it and go forward. And so that's even the, in the conversations I have on Facebook until they, until somebody realizes that I can't really have a conversation because they're just going to keep on strawmanning me and saying, well, you say that, but I believe this. And it's like, okay, you're not going to trust what I say and actually ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just going to put, and so this is that same sort of conversation. You still, he still hasn't just got the fact that we maybe have been brought into the scriptures and then we were corrected to then turn ourselves around, which is called repentance. Right. So. We, I explore other problems in my article. So I invite you to, to avail yourself to, to that. I heard Ken Ham speak uh, recently. He made this comment. He said, all versions of the gap theory impose outside ideas on scripture and thus open the door for further compromise. So in, it was in the context of him giving a lecture on apologetic methodology. In fact, I was taken with this word compromise that he used because I can't help but tell you this since this is on the Internet. You may not be able to see this, but this is a screenshot from Ken's website. Let me just blow up the relevant part. It was a uh, conversation about me uh, being uh, that I was a compromiser. So I was glad to know I was a compromiser. More specifically, I'm a compromiser of God's holy word. And I was taken aback by that because I think Ken mistakenly, what he's responding to was a blog that I wrote after I heard Ken speak. And he, uh, uh, somebody said, hey, somebody took this blog to task. And he said, I'm glad they're out there answering the compromiser. The irony is I comport with his conclusion. So I'm actually not a compromiser in the sense in which I think he means it in his website. But look at this additional quote. Uh, Should you take outside ideas and reinterpret the Bible? No, you can't do that. So in both of these, notice he's drawing attention to this idea of, quote, outside ideas. Or in other contexts, you'll hear the expression of man's word as opposed to God's word. Now, Dr. Lyle and Tim uh, Chaffee say this. When someone reinterprets the clear meaning of words to accommodate outside notions, it simply means he does not believe the words. And the context of this uh, comment is in uh, a discussion about the age of the earth. So for Dr. Lyle and for Tim Chaffee, is he a doctor? I don't want to. Okay. Uh, they, are, uh, you know, they think clearly Genesis teaches a young earth. Therefore, based on that, they argue to use the, quote, ideas of men when they conflict with the word of God is to, quote, place more faith in men than in God. Now, I think they're confusing, at least these two, these are three quotes, they're confusing using, quote, outside ideas to interpret the Bible, at least to help you interpret it, with using outside ideas to judge the truthfulness of the Bible. So let me give you an example, and then I'll, I'll end with these uh, examples as much as time allows. So this is, you know, and so whenever we get into here, what he just said is going to be that, again, central position um, that we have to, you know, we have to discuss within the uh, the general inerrancy issue not creation but inerrancy so you can basically yeah. see what's coming up is where they say creation we're going to talk about inerrancy that's <laughs> so right this and, is I, where, and i think that that's a key piece there and yeah um you know this will be really fun because i don't know how many individuals have had this exact discussion and maybe some more folks who are in the international society of christian apologetics have um, but you know, what, what a, what a neat piece it is. And, and I'm just hopeful that, you know, this is a, an ongoing piece for us. Um, by that, I mean that this isn't an idea that we just walk away from. And I will tell you, we're not going to have everything fleshed out after getting to engage these two men, uh, on this idea. So if we were to kind of spend this to the, to the position of, uh, of inerrancy, right? So here's a few things that I think, you know, again, trying to interpret what he's saying about 
creation to apply that to how they'll go about inerrancy. What they're going to tell you is we can look at all the facts. We can look at the textual criticism. We can look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. We can look at uh, ancient manuscripts. And it's because of the evidence that we find in those, ev in those ancient manuscripts that we come to the conclusion that the Bible is inerrant. Yeah. That's going to be the real, um, the real spin on that. And so, uh, I anticipate that it's going to be quite interesting. I'm not a textual critic, and uh, I don't believe that Dr. Howe is, and I don't believe that Mr. Tucker is. And Adam, you might very well be a textual critic, but if so, you've been keeping it from me uh, all this time. Uh, I've only dabbled. I've only dabbled, but definitely, you know, I'm, well, uh, according to this, I'm not a doctor. Um, let's see, I've never been to school for any of this. The only thing I've learned in school other than going through public school, 12, you know, all 13 years there, um, I went to barber school. <laughs> so if we're going to talk about an expert being somebody with a piece of paper and a degree after, you know, the years and going to professors, then no, I am, I am non-being as Scott Oliphant <laughs> in this same discussion joked about. You know, I, I really appreciate um, that we're getting to have this discussion. Yeah. And I think that it's going to be key. Um, I think that it's key because of the attacks that we have on inerrancy in this time and this day. And so how do you defend them? Do you defend the attacks of on inerrancy from going to the scripture? Or do you go to ancient manuscripts and allow someone to make a decision based upon their own autonomous reasoning? Uh, that's going to be the key piece that we're going to have, Adam. Uh, yeah. And we're going to hit it over and over again. Okay. Okay. We'll do one more little piece. Yeah. Understand. <laughs> Uh, take the case of the account in Joshua chapter 10 where Joshua, uh, God, uh, Joshua commands his son to stand still. God gives him the miraculous power there. If you're not familiar with the verse, there it says, then Joshua, uh, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ayajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Now, what is interesting about this verse is that... Uh, well, let me hang on to that. I'm going to put that off in a, in a minute. Let me, let me show you another quote here. Let me remind you, first of all, what uh, Dr. Lyle and Tim Chaffee had said. When someone reinterprets, this is the earlier quote, the clear meaning of the words to accommodate outside notions, it simply means that he does not believe the words. In that context, the discussion was about the age of the earth. But when they come to this verse here, and, and this verse was used in the, in the 17th century, it was a significant passage in the whether the sun or the earth were the center of the solar system, heliocentrism yeah. versus geocentrism. And Bellarmine in his debate I'm just wanting to get his, uh, Joshua said, look, the sun, the sun was commanded to stand still. That's what the text says. You can't be commanded to stand still if you're not moving. Therefore, the sun is what's moving, not the earth. And that was the way the debate went. And Galileo, not publicly, but privately in his letter to the Duchess Christina, actually said, well, that verse, if you take it that literally, doesn't even comport with the old Ptolemaic model. Because in the funny, the, I mean, okay, so the just to get Dave uh, out the door <laughs> as fast as possible to discuss this issue, but, you know, he's going to say that, you know, this confounded people. Okay, so it confounds somebody. They, they haven't, you know, studied. Okay, um, but the fact is, is you have taken your outside idea and said that this was a scientific statement. That's why it's wrong. 
<laughs> that's why you know the sunset stood still and we can use phenomenological language we still use it today so apparently it's not a fallacy in 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 conversation it's not a fallacy on the news to go sunrise sunset from our observations um but this is not speaking so you're saying like whenever somebody says like see the sun stood still um that means the sun has to be moving for it to stand still therefore the earth um the sun rotates around the earth um that is presuming that the bible is actually speaking scientifically so you've brought an outside idea onto the text to say that that is a scientific statement bingo love um, it so yeah. that's why you can't bring outside ideas into the text or else you get wrong <laughs> so that's right but you have to look at the whole of the text is there any scientific statements made? That's the same um, thing that's the question that we need to Phil ask. was doing. That's the same thing that Phil was doing in the debate. Was yeah. he was bringing outside measures of uh, contradiction and outside measures of accuracy and importing it onto the text. So in order to arrive at that position, you had to bring something in from the outside. Same thing here that... Uh, Dr. Uh, Howe is, is dealing with is he's essentially using outside measures and importing them in. Same thing that they were completely guilty of when it came to uh, dealing with Galileo. They were bringing outside measures in. Uh, the text was not making a scientific claim. The text was making an observational yeah, claim. Because, like, it's, oh, you because it's a narrative. It's telling yes. a story. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, we leave it in the narrative. A historical event. It's telling a historical event, not a scientific explanation. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and you can key. work and you can one verse things all the time, but you got to get into the context of everything and just and understand that. And then the fact is, is that we have, as Hebrews says, you know, father um, spoke through the, the prophets and then he finally spoke through his son, which is the final revelation of things. Jesus had passed off, you know, passed the baton to the disciples, uh, outpoured the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we can trust the whole of scripture. We have the whole of scripture and we have to do exegesis from verse to passage to book to all the books. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I just think this will be a really fun and hopefully, hopefully for you and I, a, and I know it will be, it's going to, uh, press us it's going to push us we're excited about that like that's good to, to be intellectually challenged and to be theologically challenged um you know um my my hope is number one that uh god will be glorified in the way that we communicate with uh mr tucker and with dr howe again i really really appreciate these guys i really am thankful for the opportunity to engage them and, and humbled for the opportunity to get to do this mm -hmm. um and we differ but i'm not going to draw the same conclusions that some would say oh well they're not christians or oh they're no i just think that our position is more consistent and so i would ask you know my my goal would be you know show us where we're being inconsistent uh in our stated and proposed beliefs and i don't think that we are but i'd like to be pressed to see uh again um what can we grow what can we gain from this and consistency is the revelation uh consistency is truthful right and uh, we understand truth through a consistent standard 
Yeah. And that would be a, a key piece for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is going to be fun. So guys, uh, thank you for getting uh, up early with us this morning. And, uh, you know, this has been fun doing this this early. My voice, I think sounds a little bit more radio friendly <laughs> in the morning, that morning. Bleh, hey everybody. So yeah. So, but it's, it's been awesome. So thank you guys uh, for being a part of us uh, or part of this, uh, this morning. Uh, Cause we've seen you guys on, um, it'll be on the podcast uh, soon. Um, well, I'm going to upload that uh, soon. So again, this is a, the special announcement special episode um, we will be discussing um, apologetical method um, under the umbrella of an errancy on april 27th um, so stay tuned for all the official details and links as we get you guys all the information so that you can be a part of that discussion live as well and then again we'll have it available as a podcast on uh, all those cool apps and stuff whenever that's over so um we got to get dave at the out the door so with that being said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.